Welcome to Roundhouse Roulette, a Walker, Texas Ranger podcast. Thanks for joining us as we recap and review one of the 200 existing Walker, Texas Ranger episodes randomly selected by Roundhouse Roulette. I'm Evan Dalton, here with my bro Adam. What's going on? And uh, the macho man, Mr. Bob Leahy. Oh, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'd like to thank you all for joining us as we snap into another sweet Walker episode. Snap to a Slim Jim. (laughs) Of course, today that means we'll be recapping and reviewing Season 8, Episode 9, Fight or Die, where Walker goes deep undercover to bust up a prison fighting ring. Mm. But... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my... But, uh, you know, before we strip off our shirts and douse ourselves in Vaseline, join us as we pull up a seat at CD's Bar and Grill. Mmm, welcome. Happy New Year. It sure is. It's been a heck of a year. Yeah, a few days into it here, a week into into the new year, and finally uh, breaking bread over Walker again here. If by bread you mean the yeast in beer. Yeah, it's liquid bread. I love it. Let's not... uh... You know, waste any time, man. What does CD have on tap for us this week? This is pretty appropriate because we're just about to break into a new year right now. We're maybe going to break into some new terrain this this uh, this year on the podcast. And I would say we're definitely going to break into some new terrain tonight because that is what we're drinking. It's a Hopatropica Tropical Pale Ale from New Terrain Brewing Company. In Golden, Colorado. That's the real place right there. Is this a Coors product? Isn't that where Coors is from? Uh, they are, but this was provided to CD by um, some scouts out in Golan, Colorado. Excellent. And this is a microbrew. That's like asking if a treehouse beer, since it's from Massachusetts, is from the Boston Brewing Company. All right. Uh, yeah, to throw in some serious shade here at New Terrain. They put a brewery in the down, the small downtown in Kingston, Massachusetts. They're everywhere. It's true. If a brewery can pop up in uh, Adam and my my uh, hometown, um, then that that's pretty wild. It's it's testing the the conventional wisdom, which is the only successful small business that can operate um, and compete with other similar small businesses in southeastern Massachusetts is a sub and pizza shop. And uh, now the question is, can breweries do the same? My guess is no. Well, there's a there was a brewery in my hometown. You guys have been to my hometown, and uh, it actually moved into the city next door. It was so successful. Wow! Town has two gas stations, a pizza place, and a hardware store, and a brewery, but not anymore. That's true. We were there recently, so that's saying more than our hometown. But yeah. still, yeah. Doesn't your hometown also have a um, a caterpillar house? What the heck is that? That's a shout out to the Caterpillar Lab. Yeah. Those of you interested in the life history of <laughs> lepidopterans, and we're not talking butterflies, we're talking moths here. Yeah, yeah. This place <laughs> is only dedicated to caterpillars, not butterflies, not the things that people care about, just the caterpillars. And a uh, shout out to a friend of podcast and patron, Jesse Varga, who gave us quite the tour of said caterpillar house when we're up there. Let's just say that... Um, if Walker had some of those caterpillars put on his chest instead of the uh, Emperor Scorpions that were put on his chest in one of the previous episodes we reviewed, he might not have made it back alive. Uh, no doubt. 
no doubt. Mm. All right, so back to our beer here. This Hopatropica, you might be wondering, what the heck is that? Let me tell you. It's brewed with 100% citra hops. Ooh, they're all in on this. This pale ale has tropical citrus and mango notes in both aroma and flavor. It's a simple malt profile that allows the single hop addition to dazzle while inviting a thirst-quenching and sessional experience. When we have a craving for a tropical escape, we hop a tropica. Shall we hop a tropica? Yeah, we t- we're talking about caterpillars. We got to be drinking beer. Let's crack these. <laughs> oh, that aroma. Hmm. Okay. It definitely has that citrus bite, but uh, it's got some great flavor. I would say it's super clean. A lot of times when they get that citra, it's mixed in with some other stuff. It's a bit funky. This is a very clear not super hazy. It tastes real clean, crispy. It's not messing around. It's getting right to the point, uh, just like uh, any good Coloradian would. Is that what they're called? I don't know. What are people from Colorado called? I don't think they had the eye. I think it's Coloradan. Maybe Rocky Mountain people. Is that what they're called? Perfect. I think that's it. Yeah. John Denver's. Rocky Mountaineers. <laughs> John and Jane Denver's. This beer is definitely going down like John Denver. <laughs> Jeez. Unlike this beer, that was in bad taste. I'm sorry. I know. Sorry, John Denver fans. So uh, what else is going on here? Okay. Well, kind of want to pick up on something we talked about in the previous podcast. A friend of show, Jeffrey Watrick, emailed us uh, about this uh, lawyer in Texas going by Walker, Texas lawyer. And we kind of reviewed one of his advertisements, which is like the local uh, hit and run lawyer. What would you call it? Ambulance chaser is that that that's what it kind of is. I'm sure that's a bit of a derogatory term in the, in the lawyer world, but who cares? Yeah, pretty accurate. Hashtag it is what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but we were like, dude, he's got the Walker Texas lawyer, and he's like, man, he needs to amp up his commercials. There's this isn't cool. Well, dude, I stumbled on one that involves the wrestler Booker T. I'm not really that familiar with with wrestling but i've got to commend uh, walker texas lawyer for calling in the big guns here and let's uh, dig into this i'm gonna play this for you guys oh <laughs> paid non-attorney spokesperson for walker texas lawyer Hall of Famer Booker T here, and I've been crushing opponents in the ring for over 20 years. But Walker, Texas lawyer, been crushing insurance companies in the courtroom for over 30. If you're injured, call Walker, and he'll crush the insurance company for you. Now, can you dig that? I can dig that. I can. I can and will dig that. Uh, That video was posted nine years ago. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) We're pretty late to the game in this Walker Texas lawyer. I, I guess, guess so. And he's and we found his website. He's still practicing. So I think that answers the question that he's probably not in any sort of uh, legal conflict with, uh, you know, there's no copyright infringement with the play on words. Mm-hmm. Being this episode uh, might deal with some uh, a particular wrestler. I thought that might be a little appropriate to talk about. But Sure is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's dig into the socials here. Um, JC, I'm one of our top fans on Facebook, um, uh, has been commenting on some of our older posts and he kind of weighed in on our post about Chuck Norris's book, uh, that had a bunch of celebrity quotes, uh, talking about how great the book was and how great Chuck is. I mean, the people were, uh, 
we thought it was pretty interesting that Burt Reynolds, Roger Moore, Priscilla Presley, and Bob Barker all were the uh, quotes on the back of Chuck Norris's book uh, telling you to buy it. But JC said, Steven Seagal would have done a great endorsement if he could read or write. Ouch. Mm. Probably true, though. <laughs> uh, so, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Are they buddies, though? Or is there bad blood? No, there? I think I think there's bad blood. I haven't there's seen bad it blood. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen evidence of it, but I think I've I've uh, heard that there's bad blood. Right. I went down that YouTube uh, wormhole maybe a couple of years ago now, but uh, yeah, they beat around the bush a lot, but they don't like each other. Mm. People kept asking Chuck Norris if he'd win in a fight against Steven Seagal because he said something about him once. I think I don't know. And Steven Seagal holds a grudge like crazy, so. And he can hold a guitar. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of crap going around about... Uh, I think him playing guitar is like the most sincere, authentic thing the man has ever done in his life. He's better than I am. Uh, no, he's not. <laughs> he's not, Evan. He's really not. So, Well, all right. In no way am I defending Steven Seagal. I think he has a, a rolling dweeb. So, But uh, for fans of uh, the podcast here... If you haven't listened to our interview with Armando from the Talented Slackers podcast, he actually purchased a, by choice, uh, Steven Seagal CD and is a huge Steven Seagal fan. And um, I mean, we questioned that in the podcast episode where we interview him in one of our early podcasts. So check it out. Uh, check them out too, because they, they've been reviewing the uh, Adam West uh, Batman 66 series uh, recently. And I've been listening to that. Moving on here uh, <laughs> to our last piece of social media, and it kind of ties into this week's uh, uh, episode that we're going to be talking about later, Fight or Die, but as listeners of the podcast might know, Evan got a bronze bust headphone stand of Chuck Norris's head, and he used to have it in his basement in a room where they never go. I'm in that room right now. Yeah, but nobody else goes there because you have boxes everywhere. But you do have kind of like this brick fireplace down there, and you had it displayed prominently on the uh, the marble shelf there. And then you said, oh, no, I put it out to the garage. I don't have it down here anymore. And I'm like, dude, that's a bronze bust of Chuck Norris. It needs to be on a mantle. You put that on a pedestal, bro. By bronze bust, though, you do mean 3D printed bronze plastic yeah it's plastic (laughs) yeah Yeah. okay all right just make sure okay well moving on from that we we talked about in the previous podcast that chuck norris got one for himself and has a picture of himself holding it and so we posited on the podcast evan now that chuck norris has one too are you going to put it back on your shelf and i was at your house around christmas and i didn't see it on there i didn't see it back on the pedestal and it's not there your eyes did not deceive you and so we, we we put up a post on Facebook, uh, and by we, I mean I, and it says, now that Chuck has his own headphone stand bust, maybe Evan will get his out of the garage and back on the mantle where it belongs, and side-by-side shot of Chuck holding his and yours where it used to be on, on the uh, mantle there. Well, who did we hear from but uh, villain of this week's episode, Marshall Teague, uh, chimed in and he said that's too funny and I told him I said I'm going to tell Evan you'll be coming for him if he doesn't get that back over his fireplace and uh, Evan what did Marshall Teague say? Uh, he said words for the wise uh, 
Evan, just do it. Mm, look out. You, you better man up, man. Marshall Teague is a bruiser in this episode, and if he came, you, dude, he, you be in the ground, dude. You better get that Chuck Norris bus back on. In fact, Bob and I will wait. Go get it. <laughs> I'm not going to go get it, but um, I'll send you a picture, and then you can um, tell Marshall I'm back. And you need you need to hold up a newspaper or something with a date on it. Okay. All right. But uh, yeah, I thought we had to kind of dig into that. Marshall uh, plays the villain in this uh, fight or die episode, and um, it's just crazy. He chimed in coincidentally around the same time. Since we've been off a few weeks, too, there's actually been a, a good amount of Chuck Norris news. Uh, he posted up on uh, his Facebook page that he's he's acting again. He's in another action movie, and his stunts are like choreographed by his son, Dakota. And there's some kind of badass pics of him doing his thing. Evan, can you describe these? Uh, yeah, he's like in, um, I don't know what you call that, maybe like an Army Ranger kind of get up with the plain baseball cap and he's uh seems to be uh taking it to some uh bad guys dressed in black nondescript uh ninjas yeah they look like um bad guys from uh from uh, what the cobra clan <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah uh actually also in the background of that shot there's a cobra so i'm painting on the wall so i'm not far off but yeah i love how he's just like walking through a bunch of discarded bad guys like it's it's old hat because that's that's what he does is it's got some lone wolf vibes most definitely so awesome to see chuck back uh doing stuff and uh he's not just doing that doing uh action movies this from the hollywood reporter bob can you read this headline to us man chuck norris vanilla ice sophie monk board zombie plane exclusive the nostalgia soaked action comedy about a government organization that recruits celebrities to be undercover agents will feature a number of cameos. Yeah, so Chuck Norris is also going to be in a movie called Zombie Plane with Vanilla Ice. And I'm just going to read you this quote here, okay? In a statement, producer Jessica Butlin promises that audiences can expect a wild ride. Vanilla Ice is in his element as a secret agent, and Chuck Norris, having trained him, is excellent. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it. Unfortunately, this is going to usurp some of Chuck Norris's other movies, you know, that we should be watching. But um, I think we're going to have to dig in on Zombie Plane hard. I don't know. Should I be the voice of reason and, and object? Two against one, bro. I'm, I'm overruled. I think we can watch <laughs> it and then maybe uh, comment on it. We don't need to do a full on yeah, thing. Yeah, probably. Well, we'll watch it. And if it's great, then maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay. More likely, we'll we'll mention it. <laughs> uh, the fact that they have chuck norris training vanilla ice in anything i mean i'm in i never thought i'd be saying these words out loud uh well needless to say 2024 is going to be a crazy year and that's just one of the reasons mm. i mean i think we can all agree that it's it's great to have the hollywood writers back <laughs> if, back if, by, if judging judging by zombie plane uh <laughs> yeah, i'm really glad the writing's writer's strike is over oh man all right well we got to move on we quickly want to thank all our supporters who have um, been sharing the podcast listening for a long time and uh, who are kind enough to pick up uh some action figures uh chuck norris vintage action figures from our website 
uh, Darla from Texas. We shipped one out to her. And in November, I was in Europe for three weeks playing with my buddy David Newbold. I got to play some electric guitar with him, and we were in the Netherlands and Germany and all over there. And while I was in the Netherlands, we sold an action figure to Daniel Postma in the Netherlands, which was 45 minutes away from where I was at. How many uh, action figures did you have packed in your suitcase? <laughs> well, I was packing one on my pedal board uh, because I kept uh, one of the Chuck Norris action figures that can't stand up. I was like, that would be kind of funny to just tape them on my guitar pedal board and take them with me on the on the trip. Um, so I did have one with me, but uh, I was able to get one of my minions to uh, ship out to Daniel while I was out of the country. So he did promptly receive his action figure, even in the Netherlands. But I wanted to put it out there that, hey, you know, if uh, anyone is in Europe and comes to see the David Newbold show and I'm there and mentions Roundhouse Roulette, they would get the action figure from my guitar pedal board. And um, wouldn't you know it, nobody did that. No, it's surprising. <laughs> yeah. So our bass player who was from Sweden uh, was jokingly saying, hey, Roundhouse Roulette, you're the guy from Roundhouse Roulette, right? And I was like, all right, well, I guess if no one comes up, I'm just going to give it to him is what I was thinking. So we have a Chuck Norris action figure that now lives on Joel Strandberg's bass pedal board in Sweden. So Chuck is he's going to all the Swedish gigs uh, with Joel from now on. So shout out to Joel. Uh, thank you for being awesome. And uh, hopefully that brings some tasty tone to your bass rig. And, uh, you know, uh, you can't win them all. Uh, lastly here, we want to uh, welcome back lapsed patron in front of the show, Michael Rooney is back as a patron for Roundhouse Roulette. He is now complicit in this podcast, Roundhouse Roulette. Everything we say or do reflects on him and his uh, Florida man lifestyle. What do we do to lose him, and how do we get him back? That's all I want to know. I, yeah, hopefully he'll reach out and let us know. I'm sure he will because he has a big mouth. So, Florida man, huh? So, like, uh, maybe he got bit by a snapping turtle and his memory came back. We're going to... Nice settlement from that snapping turtle. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was in a golf course <laughs> pond, and uh, he sued the golf course. <laughs> Regardless, uh, thank you, Mike, for the support, man. Glad to have you back. And uh, thank you, everybody, for the support uh, over the years and currently. All right. Well, we've got a lot to cover this week. Let's get on into it. If you're watching along at home and don't want any spoilers... Hit that pause button and watch Walker Season 8, Episode 9, Fight or Die. And come on back to us. All right, welcome back. Let's dig in, boys. This episode originally aired on November 20th, Thanksgiving episode, 1999. And it uh, opens on a prison fight, but uh, not the one you'd typically expect to see in a prison. So this is Copperhead Maximum Security Prison, and it's in Arkansas. And you may be asking the question, why, why, why is it in Arkansas? And you know what? We asked that question too, and it was never answered. <laughs> actually, actually, it was. Was it? It was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind yeah, they, of. They, I had to rewind. It, I had to rewind to kind of get the dialogue, and I just 
It was like, uh, I, okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll, or we'll just, we'll, we'll actually, just actually, you know what? <laughs> by the time, by the time we get there, we'll have forgotten that the question was even asked. So we will not get there. Right. Yeah, but okay. we'll try. I will try. I will try to get there and explain why this is taking place in Arkansas. So I say this isn't your typical, um, you know, Hollywood prison fight. What are some aspects of it that make it atypical? Well, for one, it's in a wrestling ring. Um, surrounded by chain link fence. There's a big one. Okay. What else is going on? The camera crew? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> hey, go for it, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's a camera crew, and I have a lot of thoughts on this later on in the episode, more so than at the beginning. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. There's a lot of producing going on, directing. Hmm. We'll get yep. there. A multi-cam shoot is going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in the initial scene is, you know, all the inmates gathered around this cage match. And as Bob mentioned, there's like a camera crew and monitors and multiple cameramen. And they're like, there's production value going on here in addition to the entertainment value. But there's some dude in the <laughs> middle and they're all shouting at him, finish him, hammer. Finish him! <laughs> and people just screaming at Hammer. And Hammer is just like wasting some dude. And then he like snaps his neck. And uh, Hammer definitely finished him. After that, and you're like, what just happened? The chief of guards at the prison, whose name is Lieutenant Tracton, he's played by Marshall Teague, who we talked about earlier. Um, they're doing a raid of some guy's prison cell. And they cut open the mattress, which, I mean, come on now. Why are you going to hide it there, right? And they find a VHS. And uh, not only do they find the VHS, but they find a VHS labeled with Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> Hammer kills some other dude's name. Yeah. And they're like, oh, all right, we got gotcha. you. So they're like, okay, well, you're going to fight the Hammer right now. And he going to kill you. So they put him in the, in the cage and uh, the Hammer wrecks him. And the warden is talking with Lieutenant Track and he's like, another undercover cop when are they ever gonna learn this is my house yeah and it's like wait you've you've killed like multiple undercover cops and like no one has actually come and investigated you this episode hits the ground running guys (laughs) it gets right to it like i would say okay if you've got one undercover cop in a prison and that person dies even if it's a coincidence there's probably an investigation right if two die there should definitely be an investigation. It seems like there have been like six people who've come in and just been killed. And they're like, oh, it's just, just an accident, you know? Yeah. yeah. So fast forward to Ranger headquarters and we see Alex holding a, a little meeting with the Rangers and saying that the prison doctor signed off on it being a suicide, but no one's buying that, including the Texas Rangers. They're looking at pictures and there are all these punch bruises and stuff. And Mark was like, <laughs> that looks like more of a fight than him falling off a few flights. That's some serious detective work right there. And Alex is like, well, the governor says you don't have to go undercover. You really don't have to. So like you don't have to go undercover. He He's making it clear. You don't have to go undercover. It would be really dangerous. You don't yeah. have to go undercover. You don't Did I tell you you don't have to go undercover? You really don't. Walker's have to. like, <laughs> I'm going undercover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just like rolls her eyes. I thought you might say that. <laughs> yeah. Then Gage and Trevette are like, well, we went in on the episode too. Right. <laughs> and Walker's right. like, okay, fine. But uh, Trevette, you're the guard. And uh, Gage, 
I'm going in before you. Right, as a convict. And and Alex is like, yeah, it's really dangerous because the corruption probably goes all the way up to the prison warden. Right, there's no lifeline here. Yeah, so you're, you're really on your own. So Walker, he goes in on the bus and uh, we see the bus unloading. Marshall Teague is, uh, you know, spouting out what he says to all the inmates who come in. And he's like, you know, no one's going <laughs> to, I don't know, what he, he's like, no one's going to wipe your butt for you or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like telling people, get off the bus, you know, come on out here. Oh, man. And and while this is all happening, this is a Walker episode, so the credits are still rolling. And um, it's showing the guest stars, and one of the guest stars, obviously, is Marshall Teague. And then it puts in Randy Savage. You see that little nugget flash across the screen. You're like, okay, you have my attention. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We got Macho Man up in here. What? (laughs) Snap into a Slim Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So their strategy is to immediately put all of the inmates into solitary confinement uh, upon arrival. And that's their way of like checking them all out and making sure like, oh, let's see who's like ready to fight and who isn't that kind of thing. (laughs) And who's um, an undercover cop and who's not. Exactly, yeah. Um, so Walker goes directly into solitary confinement. Um, meanwhile, we see Hammer, and he's like best buds with the with the warden and uh, Lieutenant Tracton. Um, they have a lot of meetings in this episode, and they just, they're just like on the same level, which is seems weird. We never actually learn what, well, I don't recall ever learning what the Hammer's actually in prison for. Um, but he does kill a lot of people in the ring, so he should probably stay in prison. It doesn't seem like the type of guy you want to be pals with, but, you know. Yeah, so let's just, so this makes it easier going forward. Let's just jump into what they're doing here. They've got the Hammer, who is like an inmate there, who is, I guess, you know, just so tough that he wins every um, underground cage match at this penitentiary that, you know, they keep putting people up to fight him. And uh, he keeps beating them, and they're videotaping them, and then selling the videos on the black market to make money. I think they're putting them on the internet. Maybe they're selling them on the internet. I didn't catch what they were doing with them. Yeah, I don't understand how they're making money, and how even if a bad one was going to make them more money than a good one. Well, we, we'll talk to the producer later in the okay. episode. He has some thoughts, <laughs> but he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't shed any light onto what they're doing with them or who the market is. Well, he was talking about like how to Wait, sell did, more. You aren't right? you aren't the target market, are you, Bob? Well, you I buy mean, those videos. I think we should cut his mattress open. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, take, yeah. Take your webcam into your bedroom, Bob. Wait, wait no, 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 no. <laughs> did you guys notice the training montage after Walker goes into his prison cell, though? Where he just starts pumping iron and then play this awful music. Yeah, yeah, it's like straight out of Rocky. It's amazing. <laughs> Let me just say, I was like, dude, if Evan doesn't make a gif of this training montage, yeah, like he's in solitary confinement for what two seconds, and then he starts just like going to town, doing push-ups, almost as if he's like doing his whole uh, total gym routine without a total gym. I was really hoping the the prison would have splurged for a total gym, but I guess <laughs> they don't have one for yourself. <laughs> so you're in solitary for the next week. Here's a total gem. <laughs> Meanwhile, we learned that uh, that Hammer, he re- he wants a real fighter to fight against. So, you know, they're setting the stage for some epic showdown somewhere along the lines. Walker's alias is Jake Flint, but uh, I don't think we have to mention that ever again. We're just going to call him Walker. <laughs> um, so, yeah, meanwhile, while Walker's getting checked in, there's a new guard 
and um tracked and they say into like his you know second in command or whatever he's like oh yeah well this this flint guy who's played by walker you know he seems like a real real bad dude we got to see where he's at he might be a good fighter and he's like okay well i guess we gotta go meet the new guard and so they go meet trevette and this is like the most confusing stupid dialogue i think i've ever heard tracton's like so i what are you doing here like this is where all the bad bad people come and Trevette's like, you know, I do my job. I take care of things. I do stuff. And Teague's like, well, you know, we do things different here and there's no getting out. And Trevette's all like, that's cool with me. I might take some dudes out. I was a little tough with a billy stick. Anyways, I basically tuned this out, but then I had to rewind because I was like, did I miss anything? And then I actually listened to it and was like, this is so dumb. And just like a bunch of jargon. They have some plot line where like uh, Marshall Teague's character as the lieutenant of the of the, uh, uh, the prison there, he asks him some question about something in his case file and Trevette corrects him on it because he was testing to see if Trevette is, knew the details of his own file. Trevette did. Oh, yeah. So subtle. So intense. No, the writing's great writing. High stakes. Great writing, high stakes. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, then we see Walker working out in his cell again and he asks, he gets a meal delivery. He's like, what day is it? And they're like, oh, it's like the 14th. And you're like, oh, okay, this must be when Gage is arriving. And it is. So Gage arrives and, uh, Teague's character tracked in is, is giving his spiel again to, to new inmates. So Gage arrives and he's, you know, mouthing off. And then Teague's character is like, you got a problem? And he gets up in Gage's face and Gage, Gage just like grabs his throat and then starts beating everybody up. <laughs> Which is pretty awesome. Yeah, he goes right for it. He's like, oh. And there's just a prison fight just going down. It's like, uh, okay, all the guards are fighting. The, the oh my they're, they're only fighting Gage though. The other inmates are just standing there dumbfounded. And that's that's my favorite half second of this episode is like two dudes with like nasty mullets and goatees just like looking at each other like, huh? <laughs> the um, most greasiest long hair in like handlebar mustaches. Oh my God, so good. Anyways, uh, surprise, surprise, Trevette ends up uh, taking out Gage and um, trying to make it look as realistic as possible and uh, trying to sell his role as, as the prison guard. And also make sure that they don't do too much bad stuff to Gage. Right, right, right. So Trevette's the one to put him in solitary. And we're talking about weird music made for specifically for Walker episodes. This one, it's got like the weirdest like humming slash beatboxing in the background you pick up on that bob yeah i've got a lot of thoughts on that music there (laughs) (laughs) please weigh in (laughs) well there's some ripping guitar parts right if i'm thinking of the same part was it was that later it almost sounds like someone playing like a what is that the didgeridoo (laughs) while beatboxing (laughs) yeah (laughs) there was a lot of like um like heavy metal guitar in this one it's like a blatant Guns N' Roses ripoff, and, then, and it ends like a scene. <laughs> Fight, or Fight or die! die. Yeah. <laughs> That's so the name good. of the episode. Yeah. So then we see, uh, you know, Trevette, he sits in on, you know, Fight Night or whatever, and then we see him back in his dorm room, basically. 
Yeah. And he's got a sick transistor radio that's playing really terrible music. And while it plays, he he turns it up loud and then calls on his flip phone, Alex in Sydney. And he gives him the lowdown. And he's like, yeah, they got this guy, the hammer. <laughs> he's he's real awesome. <laughs> he's like, he, he calls him real awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like murdering people. He's real awesome. <laughs> and uh he's like, Yeah, they like they do fights and stuff and people die and and then the conversation ends and then Trevette puts the phone into the back of the into the transistor radio or whatever. I just wanna say at this point, why wouldn't they send in the law enforcement then? Yeah. Yeah, there was no reason like they've already confirmed what's going on. <laughs> right because right? this goes all the way to the top right and we need we need the warden. oh yeah that's the true well, no, no no the, the warden's sitting there during all the fights yeah. walker's already seen it <laughs> but the episode's only 15 minutes in so they make a decision and the episode continues right um at which point walker gets out of out of isolation and gets sent to d block and he's really lucky to be sent to d block and he gets put in with two of the most informative cellmates he ever could have found. Yeah, these guys really lay it out for us. They, they explain <laughs> the whole thing. I, I think they're like uh, ex- exposition roommates or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the two of them are probably also undercover cops. <laughs> yeah, they sure act like it, actually. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Walker learns from his two cellmates uh, all, the, all the ins and outs, who's who, all that fun stuff. And uh, meanwhile, Trevette's getting his room searched by uh, the second in charge for Tracton. And, uh, you know, it gets a little a little bristly, but uh, they don't think to take apart the radio that he's brought. And so he's all good. Trevette kind of walks in on them while they're searching his room and, and plays it off, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we cut back to uh, Walker in his, in his cell with his two cellmates. And uh, Tracton shows up, throws him a jar of Vaseline, and... And I think all of our minds went to dark places at that point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was that all about? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Walker's like, what's this all about? And Tracton's like, strip down from the waist up and uh, and grease up. I'm going to make you a star. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Evan, if you don't put that bust up on your mantle, Marshall T's going to come to your house with a thing of Vaseline and he's going to put you to work. Yeah. I don't really have any desire to you know engage in hand-in-hand combat with any human but i definitely don't want to engage in hand-in-hand combat with another human that's greased up with vaseline (laughs) well it's for the cameras is what he said yeah yeah. i guess every fighter there has presumably uh smeared vaseline all over (laughs) their upper torso for the cameras I mean, you gotta spend you gotta spend like hours in the shower trying to get that off. Not if you're dead. If you lose, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's yeah, true. It, well, the guys, the guys in the cell, they tell Walker that he goes, "Well, what happens if you don't want to fight?" And they go, "Well, you fight or die." That's yeah, true. No, another and another they, drop of the <laughs> yeah. The so they, already the they do the episode there. I was like, oh, that that was teed up nicely, very nicely. <laughs> yeah. And that one right on the head, right there. After he's thrown the the jar of Vaseline by um, by Tracton, one of Walker's cellmates is like, "Who's who's he fighting against?" 
And uh, Tracton's like, always fighting against Wide Load Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, enter Macho Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and indeed, he fights Macho Man. Now, I will say, this fight, second only maybe to uh, Tobey Maguire's uh, Spider-Man fighting uh, Buzzsaw. I mean, what's more of a fair fight? Someone with Spider-Sense or Walker? Honestly, probably, I mean, for you mean for uh, Macho Man? Yeah. Probably the Spider-Sense. I mean, because <laughs> Walker, he's got he's got his own Spider-Sense, um, and he's essentially a Superman. So Walker's a good, like, foot shorter than... <laughs> <laughs> and Randy Savage, right? I mean, Randy Savage fought Spider-Man and Walker. Come on. That's pretty awesome. Indeed. Supposedly, this is to the death in the uh, the under- underground uh, prison fight ring. How did this fight go down? I mean, they got a, both of them got some, some punches in. It was cool to see Macho Man go toe-to-toe with Chuck Norris, was it not? Outstanding. <laughs> I mean, it was worth the price of admission for this. Yeah, I kept checking. Like, I felt like... Macho Man was stamping his feet when he was punching people like they do in wrestling. <laughs> Just out of pure habit, you know? He's like, yeah, he stomps his feet. <laughs> like he couldn't, he couldn't not do that as part of his act. But I mean, if you're going to fight someone on TV, you want to fight a professional wrestler. They know how to like not hit you, right? Right, right. It was great. It was great. Macho Man was jacked. Surprise, surprise, uh, Walker, although um, completely uh, disadvantaged in um, size, age, and sheer bulk, um, (laughs) (laughs) completely hoses Macho Man, a.k.a. uh, Wide Load Lundgren. But uh, instead of dealing a finishing blow, he uh, mercifully allows Lundgren to walk away uh, without the need of a doctor's diagnosis. And uh, the hammer... Hammer sees him win, and uh, as the Walker's leaving, the Hammer's like, "Hey, man, I got a party going on later. Warden's called in a few sweet honeys, some brewskis, and uh, you should come hang out." And Walker, in amazing deadpan, is just like, "Yeah, no thanks. I'm picky with who I associate with." Mm. And the Hammer's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "What did he say?" And then Trevette's like. He said he's picky with who he associates with. And he's like, I know what he said. <laughs> Why'd you ask? <laughs> like, what What just happened? That was like the nerdiest put down ever. And then uh, we see Walker like scrubbing the floors after the fight. And then we see, we see the hammer in his air quotes party. And it's just him and some really poor music. He's like drinking a beer. And there are like three chicks in bikinis that are like, you need to loosen up, Hammer. And he's like, I just can't. And then you see him like spacing out and you hear you hear Chuck Norris go, I'm picky with who I associate with. Oh, yeah, they show a flashback to the previous commercial break. Yeah, the scene before it. And he's like, oh, that's it. So he goes down and he's ready to like just completely take out take out walker then and there he's like hey man if i invite you to my party i expect you to show up yeah you can't be a pooper (laughs) all right it's like dude it really wasn't a party it was just you but (laughs) yeah you don't don't mess with the hammer walker's like yeah i don't really regret not showing up (laughs) (laughs) yeah the hammer's about to take him down but uh trevette 
he he swoops in and uh and uh he's able to uh to to bail out walker he's like think about it hammer what would the lieutenant think if if the cameras weren't rolling for this fight if you kill him right now Indeed. I forgot to mention, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage gets his speaking part in uh, before this, in that uh, when Walker's scrubbing the floor, he, come, he comes in and he's like, you think he's going to like try to take out Walker or something, but instead he, he shakes his hand and he's like, Is <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with your throat there, Evan? Do it. Thanks for not taking me out when you had the chance. Thanks for not taking me out when you had the chance. <laughs> there it is, yeah. Let me offer you some adv- offer you some <laughs> advice. <laughs> you take him out if you get the chance. <laughs> so yeah, Trevette saves uh, Walker from a, a little uh, a, a possible uh, beat down by the hammer right there in front of everybody, and uh, he makes Walker clean out the grease trap, you know, and a little bit of uh, turning the tables, perhaps. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this because it actually had uh, Trevette joking at Walker's expense. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, making him clean out the grease trap. So next uh, to to the scene, Bob has been dying to talk about, and this is a, a scene where we see it's in the warden's office. And it involves a meeting between the warden, uh, his uh, second in charge, the chief of guards, Lieutenant Tracton, uh, the hammer, who, let's not forget, is a convicted murderer and a prisoner, but uh, seems to have more power than most people in the prison. He's just hanging out. And then uh, some fat dude in a cheap suit uh, who we realize is some sort of producer. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? He's an underground um, Fight Club VHS producer. You say internet, Bob, but I don't think so. Yeah, no, not streaming, but I think I think on message boards they're promoting this, and then people would buy the tapes by mail. That's right. that's what I took away. There was definitely an online element because he was talking about like you know what the fans want, how they communicate okay. with them. Even going back to the previous fight, the head guard played by Marshall Teague, he was like directing. The yeah, cameras. I'm glad Did you, you guys that notice up. this too? Yeah, Marshall Teague was literally behind the monitors saying, All right, camera two, get low. One of the earliest fights he was doing, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is insane. It's, it's so great. I mean, he's doing double duty, man. He's he's corralling these fights. He's a talented director, you know? That's true. But this this producer guy was so greasy so slimy he's actually referred to later on in the episode as the hammers promoter okay i still think his role was more i mean he was he seemed like a big picture guy you know yeah what was his master plan well he was all he was like you know we don't care we don't want just people fighting and just you know knowing who's gonna win we want to build up the story so this guy's like vince mcmahon really yeah yeah he's all about the story He's all about building up the the brand, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> He's like, yeah, people need to be invested in this. You know, there there's got to be more than one player here. And when you've got a list uh, black market talent like the Hammer, <laughs> y- you want to make sure that you you get the right nail for him to hit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. Okay. He's like, all look, right. you know, <laughs> you just had Chuck Norris fall on your lap. You got to play this out. Yeah, you don't want to waste it in one hit. You need to work him up through the ranks and make him look like he's a viable contender for the hammer and then have hammer kill him. 
exactly. one of my favorite yeah. parts of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, great. Uh, so then, you know, what follows is the obligatory montage of they're like, okay, well, you know, we're going to play up like Walker. He seems like a badass. He took out Randy Savage. And then we got Gage's character. Right, whose backstory is like he's a fighter too. So they made up this like backstory when they submitted him to the prison. So he'd be, oh, this guy's a fighter too. Let's get him into the ring. So yeah, they have these crazy montages of like so many different fights happening. And then they they show him filming the whole thing. And I love when they did like the close up of the camera guys. And yeah, yeah. Dressed like <laughs> the camera, camera guys, guys are just guards and they're like holding the cameras awkwardly. <laughs> it's like, how do these guys even know how to use this? They're probably just camera guys from the show right yeah probably <laughs> if they're smart they're just like why pay an actor these guys right. not camera. Right. it's like when you're watching like a, a sports sports event or something and then they show the camera guy yeah <laughs> but, at, but at this point the manager of the hammer taps out for marshall teague's character right and he's behind the the monitors while they're filming all these matches right oh yeah and right. he's like He's like, ah, oh, this is gold. <laughs> <laughs> right? It was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Happening? And then it's so over the top. It's so yeah. over the top. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of over, t- over the top, um, you know, near the end of the montage, uh, we see the hammer take a guy out. And then he turns and, and looks at uh, Walker. He shouts out, you're next. So we keep track of our stats. If you're listening to this podcast, we have already dropped our end of year uh, statistical review of how many fights, punches, and kicks are in each episode that are on our website and stuff. This episode had so many fights, I couldn't wait to get the number of how many fights were in this episode because each match is technically a fight. Uh, Evan, you want to reveal how many fights uh, happened in this episode? So as far as roundhouse kicks go, the roundhouse kick calculation is specific to only Walker, which is important for um, episodes when you have uh, bad guys who do roundhouse kicks think Gary Busey but then also uh, important for episodes that feature Gage right and Sydney because they're often doing crazy stunts and stuff so they do a lot of roundhouse kicks so the roundhouse kicks are specific to Walker the fights however are not specific to fights with Walker they include all the fights so this one had 12 fights in it and I'm lumping the last fight which we'll get to as one and that's by far the most we've had so far yes yeah double the number of fights as any other episode so if you you know if you really liked like blood sport or some other uh you know if you're into mortal combat something like that this episode will be right up your alley because there are lots of fights in this one anyways uh something goes on and uh basically the warden thinks that someone's on to them not exactly sure why things get rushed through i feel like maybe the editing was off and the scene where Trevette phones out and gets found out happened after when it should have. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think you're on something there. <laughs> I think the editing's <laughs> off because they're like, oh man, the warden thinks that something's up. He wants a big fight now. And the warden wants this to be a fight to the death. Yeah. And uh, so Trevette's like, oh, I, I guess I better phone this one out. And so finally he's like, well, the stakes have gotten so high that I guess I should call in the troops now. Again, should have called him in as soon as you had evidence, like on day one. But, uh, you know, I know you wanted to see some more fights play out, and that's all cool. And the hammer is real awesome. So, 
you know, you got to see him fight at least. But um, he phones it out and is immediately found out by the second in charge, Warden Dude, or the Chief of Guards or whatever. But, you know, the Dyer already cast in Hammer, and he's going to take out Gage, and he's going to kill Gage. And then once he kills Gage, he plans on killing Walker. Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm. no doubt. And so we get the epic fight showdown that we wanted. Uh, lots of spin kicks, lots of punches to the face. I think we can probably say that Gage gets his butt whooped pretty pretty soundly. And uh, he's about to get taken out, but uh, Walker, he taps in. And he taps in right when everyone else finds out that they're all Texas Rangers. What happens is the kind of deputy guard follows Trevette back to his room and overhears him calling Alex for help to call in the cavalry. Takes Trevette back to the fight ring, tells Marshall Teague's lieutenant, hey, these guys are rangers and so are Walker and Gage. And so it doesn't really change anything because they were already going to try to kill them anyway. So, you know, Marshall Teague's character is like, those guys are rangers. Really kill them now. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Question, question. How does he know that Walker and Gage are rangers too? Yeah, I don't know because we didn't hear that in the dialogue, but that's how it came out. So, so are we to assume that that Trevette, upon capture, immediately ratted the two? Yeah, that's totally something he would do, right? Pretty much, it sounds like that's what happened. Yeah, that's the only other explanation. That's the only explanation. Right, right. At this point, I remembered they're like, "Oh, you're a Texas Ranger. You're from out of state. That's how we didn't know that you were an undercover guy." That is why this is taking place in Arkansas. Anyway, Gage is about to be hammered to death. And in the confusion of being outed as Texas Rangers, Walker pushes his way into the ring and kicks the hammer off of Gage. And Gage lies, you know, like a dead fish at the side of the ring as Walker takes on the hammer. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of back and forth, obviously, you know, because they're, they're fairly evenly matched opponents. The hammer being twice the size of Walker, but Walker being twice the fighter. So, you know, a real uh, a stalemate, right? Twice the age as well. But Well, uh, sure, but that age, <laughs> let's not be ageist here. It's, it's just um, a number. <laughs> exactly. In this, Particularly in this show. And uh, they're locked in combat or whatever. And, uh, you know, they're sort of uh, going at it. And it's like, boy, I, I wonder who's going to win this fight. But uh, the warden or the assistant warden gets a uh, gets a shotgun, and it's gonna uh, is gonna take out Walker because he's like, okay, well, I, he's a Texas Ranger, so I'm gonna shoot that that fool. And uh, Macho Man Randy Savage is like, Flit, look out!" <laughs> <laughs> and he pushes the guy with the gun, and the guy accidentally shoots and kills Hammer. Yeah, I think that's when Macho Man had the gun. Or maybe he never had the gun in the episode. I don't maybe, think he ever had the gun in the episode. Maybe that's what I was yeah. associating the, the screenshot with. Either way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so they have a big brawl, big prison brawl after that. All all pandemonium breaks loose. Trevette ends up fighting Marshall Teague while all the prisoners beat the crap out of the wardens or the guards. Right. So all the guards get taken out, right? Except Trevette is victorious over, over Teague's character, Tracton. And then sort of the three of the the three rangers kind of group together like, all right, we did it. And it's like, 
No, there are still like dozens of convicts around that are looking to kill guards and they all know that you're Texas Rangers now. How is this tied into a pretty bow right now? Well, no, they've right. seen that the Texas Rangers have relieved them from their weird fight ring that they had to participate in. Honestly, they all kind of seem to like it. <laughs> people, <laughs> people in the audience did. <laughs> there are worse things. Anyways, uh, it just kind of ends pretty suddenly. And then uh, they're all walking to their car and Gage makes some joke about you know, Walker thanking him for softening the hammer for, for Walker to fight him, you know? Is that like some kind of innuendo? What the hell is that? Yes, mean? yeah. Now, thanks for softening the hammer for me. Okay. No, he's like, he's like, I did most of the work, you know? Oh, yeah. The guy that just got shot, you should really thank me for uh, softening him up for you, Walker. The dead guy. Yeah, yeah that yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> but um, um. Yeah. yeah, he <laughs> did. <Yeah. laughs> oh, he's funny. Fade to black. Wow, 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 wow. What about sums up that episode? Uh, when we come back, it'll be time for us to each rate fight or die on a scale of zero to ten boots to the face, resulting in our patented roundhouse roulette episode ranking. Complete results of which are available on our website roundhouseroulette.com. Don't go away. Hustle off the bus, you mangy mutts. Oh, man, chill. Man, we aren't even off the bus and this guy's on us. What do you think this is, home eck? No one's going to change your diapers from this point on. My name is Lieutenant Dalton. I'm chief of guards. My job at this institution is to make your life a living hell, and I love my work. You've had three strikes, you're out, and now you're mine. Here at Copperhead Penitentiary, all new inmates start out in solitary confinement. Oh, man, bogus. Wait, wait. Don't podcasters get preferential treatment? <laughs> Special treatment for podcasters? Don't be ridiculous. Unless your grandpappy's last names end in Vanderbilt, you boys are going to be locked up for life with no microphone privileges. Listeners, please help. If we were ever to deliver the Lighter Walker, Texas Ranger... To the world! Again. We need your support. Please share the podcast with a friend or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps other Walkerites find the cast and spread awareness of our current stay here at Copperhead. And since we have no prayer of drawing bail on our own here, maybe think about joining us on Patreon or picking up a vintage action figure or t-shirt at roundhouseroulette.com. All right. I've let you all shamelessly plead for money and help long enough. Shirts off. Here's some Vaseline. Vaseline? Lube up so we got you nice and greasy for them cameras. <laughs> we'll see if your podcast listeners can raise enough funds to save you from my underground fight to the death black market videotape ring. Yikes, listeners, help! Uh, oh, oh uh, you missed a spot there, Bob. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right, now off to the pit, boys. <laughs> Okay, welcome back. Time to, for us to rate this beast. All right, this one's this one's a tough one. It is, yeah. It's a tough one because it's far along in the timeline of Walker. But I think it kind of hits the sweet spot. When we get these old episodes of Walker, we get upset when Walker doesn't fight anyone. 
and yet he is like fighting a ton of people in this one right yep and not only that like we're like oh man like you know gage and sydney are fine but like we're not here to see them and gage gets his mail delivered and then walker's got to bail him out and you know who knows how that fight would have ended pretty sure the hammer would have killed both of them but you know (laughs) uh (laughs) but we'll never know so we see a lot of fights but you know it's kind of like maybe be careful what you wish for because like walker's fighting there 12 fights in this episode only two roundhouse kicks no explosions no chases they spent their uh I think they spent their budget on getting Macho Man, which was sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Macho Man add, adds a point for sure in my in my rating here. Maybe two points. Yeah, five, five, five points. points for Bob. Points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's let's. I mean, was it the same same season as the one with Hulk Hogan, or was that the following season? That was season nine, right? Yeah, it might might be the yeah. But regardless, this blows the Hulk Hogan episode out of the water. Yeah, I mean, Hulk Hogan, you're like, okay, so he's going to, like, kick people's ass. No, he gets hit over the head with a with a, a newspaper or something, and he's out. <laughs> Randy Savage is, he's legit. So, like, that that guest star, worth it. Marshall Teague, worth it. Yeah. Um, yep. The premise of the show, ridiculous. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's upper echelon episode i'm debating between a seven and an eight and i gotta go listen to your heart <laughs> i'm going you can edit this out right <laughs> yeah but i don't think or we not. will this is the, the tension <laughs> yeah 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 we've come this far <sighs> knowing what i know about walker i'm going i'm going eight on this one wow okay. i'm doing it marshall teague put it over the edge for me it's like okay, he's like an old friend now. He's like a, he's a friend of the pod, and uh, he doesn't disappoint. Wow, I think you're, dude. I think you're trying to suck up to Marshall Teague after he was telling you to put that bus back up on your your mantle, there, dude. Not true, but it doesn't hurt, right, man? I'm gonna go seven on this one, and I'll tell you why. I, it, it, there became so much fighting that I couldn't even understand what was going on at one point, like the whole montage, but. The premise is ridiculous. The only issue I have with this is there's nothing like that happens in this episode that's so memorable. We're going to be talking about it. Like I would be like, oh, you should watch that one because this happens. Uh, but I, I mean, Walker fights Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, that's that's where I was going. <laughs> that's that's the memorable <laughs> thing. And then he then he gets like then he has like a bro moment with him. <laughs> Randy Savage had lines. <laughs> I was really surprised when he actually had lines. Yeah, I'm looking at some of my other stuff here. I, I think you guys are right. Um, I mean, <laughs> we made was our think, case. I was feeling seven. I was really feeling seven. But yeah, looking at back at some of my past rankings, yeah, this is definitely an eight. You know, I think the fact that this is taking place in season eight is notable and yes. i think we lose yeah. track of that yeah with our random selection right but like every time we get a season eight episode it's like oh you know walker's like sitting behind a desk telling sydney and gage to go ninja kick people and in this he's like undercover doing a training montage in a cell and then beating up macho man randy savage <laughs> in a fight to the death <laughs> i think we're overlooking a certain charles napier 
who played the warden in this episode. <laughs> he played the leader of the band in the Blues Brothers when they played at the place of the uh, Chicken Wire. Did you wait, guys wait, recognize wait, him? Wait, 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 what? I definitely recognized him from a few He's things. A ton of stuff, yeah. But that was the thing I was I had to hunt down. He was uh, what was the name of the band that was supposed to good play? Good old boys. The good old boys. The good old boys. Yeah, he was he was the leader of the good old boys. <laughs> You're gonna look funny eating corn on the cob with no <laughs> teeth. Yeah, that's, that's him, man. And I was like, who is this? And I when I started, I went down that rabbit hole, and I was like, oh, this guy's in. He and he's in a ton of other stuff too. He's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Whoa. just like the icing on the cake for me on this one, but. I mean, had a strong start. Right to the fights, not a lot of dialogue. There was a, only a few throwaway scenes, and those throwaway scenes, and you know, lack of car chases and explosions. Yeah, the only things that kept it down. So, I'm gonna stick with you guys. I'm gonna go solid eight. We're gonna go unanimous. I mean, yeah, ridiculous premise. You, I mean, two montages, say, two solid say, montages. Right. You can say that there are things we won't remember about this episode, but like I still regret my uh my ranking of that the irish episode like i think of that that episode a ton because it was so ridiculous <laughs> and this one we're going to be thinking about oh you know they're they're directing cameramen with the monitors and all that oh it's just, uh, it's lower, just like, lower. So, so more weird. more blood more blood right throwing vaseline <laughs> to someone telling her to grease up for a fight <laughs> like there's a lot of a lot of ridiculousness in this episode, and again, season eight. So uh, yeah, you yeah. know, I think it. Yeah, I I think it's deserving, and uh, certainly certainly an all timer, a ridiculous one. Uh, maybe one of the higher ranked, perhaps the highest ranked episode of season eight. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see where White Buffalo is. Is that eight or nine or ten? We haven't done that one yet, have we? No, nope. Um. All right, so. Anywho, awesome. Uh, easy math. That one gives this episode a roundhouse rating of eight boots to the face. Ah! Ouch. And I think we can all agree that um, Arkansas might be a better place to visit as a tourist, not a prisoner. But uh, let us know what you think on social media or by emailing us at roundhouseroulette at gmail.com. When we come back, we'll spin that roundhouse roulette wheel, select our next episode. <laughs> And we're back. Bob, you ready to spin that wheel? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Okay. That sounds enticing. Vintage. Yeah. Season three. Till okay. death do us apart. I think this is one that stars Sam Williamson. And this might be the episode where uh, written by Cherie J. Wilson, if I'm correct. When a hit-and-run accident pushes a vehicle to the edge of a bridge with an infant trapped inside, Walker will do whatever it takes to save the child, even if it means putting his own life in danger. All right, well, we hope you'll join us next time when we share our reactions to Season 3, Episode 5, Till Death Do Us Part. In the meantime, share your opinions with us on Facebook and Instagram at, at @roundhouseroulette, and on Twitter at, at @roundhousepod. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your fine podcasts. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may, may the, the eyes of the ranger, ranger be upon you. When you're in Texas, look behind you. Oh, because that's where the ranger's going to be.